Welcome homeowners, home buyers, landlords, and tenants alike. People who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton, as they break down the modern-day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and if you're not careful, you'll learn. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a school? Thanks for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison Musician Seesaw. Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. One of Madison's nominated... Best local podcasts. Yeah, not bad. We'll, I'll take the nomination. You know they're going to make us wait until August. Yeah. So let's keep our eye on the newsstands, folks. <laughs> my name, Adam Elliott. And what's your name, my friend? My name's Ben Anton. And we welcome you to Real Estate in the 608. It's a podcast where we talk all things real estate, including in each episode, we bring in a guest to, well, talk what's going on real estate. We bring in someone smarter than we are mm-hmm. and with a degree in chemistry from MIT. There's like proof that this, <laughs> proof positive that smarter is happening right here. Guaranteed smarter than us. All right. We will discuss the real estate headlines of the day. We're gonna we're gonna focus a lot today on assessments. Assessments might, just came out. Like right. it is yeah. going to cover both the what since last time as well as headlines as well as things that are making Ben itchy. <laughs> so much itchy assessments. We'll get you some calamine lotion if we can. I guess we're gonna recap the highest and lowest price sales in all of Dane County and Portage. Awesome. We'll talk about the top of the hour tip and the market update. Things to get you informed about real estate. One of those folks you had mentioned, Ben, that is a very much smarter than us is Phil Plord. Right. I wonder if. Allie is smarter than Phil. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's our metric of measurement here? I don't know how well, we do that. Okay. In or ke- if we should. <laughs> in chemistry. In chemistry, sure. Okay. <laughs> Phil Phil is president of Blimling and Associates, the division of Dairy.com, and he'll be in with his look beyond the 608. That's awesome. And you also hear from local musicians right here, our in-between music uh, artists from right here in the 608. I'm Ben, the broker associate at the Lauer Realty Group, and a habitual property buyer, owner, and landlord. It's true. You're working on a deal right now, aren't you? We, like, uh, Connor, as we speak. Connor and Emily's deal is happening right now. All right. I am Adam, a homeowner, a teacher, uh, do UX. Used to be on the radio in Madison area, too. UX. Because mm-hmm. I think, because I think every all of you, all of you exes, um, <laughs> not <gonna> your exes, <laughs> your exes can look forward to. No, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in with this new in the six hundred eight dot com. It's oh, coming. Yeah, yeah. The website you like the t- so Adam UXed it. Yes. So UX user experience, and it's it's focusing on what people need from our website rather than what we give them. We're going to uh, make sure that yeah. you experience it soon. That's good. It is It is all about the experience. You are going to experience a fantastic guest today, Allie Bereni. She has uh, has been studying and practicing carpentry since 1992. She's a construction and remodeling instructor at our Madison College. Oh, so we have something in common. That's where I also teach as well. So. Yeah, you guys are like colleagues. Colleagues. This that's, is true. That's what we say. We're collaborative colleagues. <laughs> uh, she is a bachelor in science of uh, chemistry from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Wait, I thought you said she does carpentry. But also has a degree, has a degree in chemistry, in chemistry from chemistry. MIT, as and then and then as she teaches said carpentry, uh, a master's degree in education. Wow, that's impressive. Tell me what's been going on since last time, Ben. Boy, I wanna keep you around. Since last time, I said I want to focus a lot on assessments. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And what what is my takeaway? Necessary evil? I don't know if there is a single takeaway. I'm going to give you a lot of examples so you can develop and design and discern your own takeaway. I deal in rentals, Mm -hmm. and I think a lot about the the rents in our neighborhood, and Mm -hmm. I hear a lot of chatter and discourse and dissatisfaction with the rents in our neighborhood. My receipt of of my five new assessment postcards Mm -hmm. last week made me uh, made me pause and, and do some just some thinking like what does this mean to me what does this mean yeah. to to you or the the listener or the renter um, I've talked a couple times about our rents as they relate to the values the value of property not value our of personal property. Values, so let's say right? I'm in Ari- <laughs> let's say I'm in Arizona I can buy a hundred fifty thousand dollar house and I can rent it out for almost fifteen hundred a month that number, it's called the 1% rule. That's like a, a benchmark that one might hope to achieve. Here in Madison, that does not happen. But when someone says, but this is Madison, you want to talk about Madison, it's so much better that, mm-hmm. that the people want to live here and people are willing to take take uh, higher risks because the people here are so fantastic and we're at the university and everything's mm-hmm. so steady and the, you're never going to be vacant. All these things push that number lower. But I'm just going to talk about a couple of the properties and how they might affect the people living in them. So 1926 East Main Street, three doors down, two unit, increase in value of 15%. Mm -hmm. I won't even tell, I don't even, I didn't even write down what the big number was, but it was an increase of $50,000. Oh, okay. Right? That's a big jump. That's bigger than I think what I've seen. Using our current mill rate, which is about 2.34%, that's the amount of taxes you pay on the value. Mm -hmm. That means that I will pay $1,170 more this year in taxes. Okay. On that one property. Mm-hmm. And there's two units there, right? So if I do not want to make a penny more than the previous year, if I would not spend a nickel more in maintenance, if utility costs did not increase, if the cost of labor or repairs did not increase, I would need to increase the rent in both of those units by $50 a month just, okay. just to make the same amount of money I did last year. Do you think that I raised the rent $50 per unit? I don't know. Do you? No. You're shaking your head. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Because that's that's a bit much. That's a bit much over a year's time? I, it's been so long since I've been out of the rental game that I I'm not sure how to I'll gauge be, those things. I'll be honest. I'm on, yeah. the ver- I'm on the very low end, like 1% to two, one, like 1% to 2%. Average goes up 3 but clearly, even a three percent increase in this case is a thirteen, you know, a thirteen hundred dollar unit. Yeah, would would in two years be a fourteen hundred dollar unit, and then that. Gotcha. So mm-hmm. no, I did not. Now three unit next door only went up nineteen thousand, right? So even though that that modest increase with three units to absorb that cost, that's still going to be twelve dollars a month, which is which is I think right about they were those guys were in the fifteen dollar neighborhood ten mm-hmm. to fifteen dollars. So that is exactly what I'd raise that rent, and I will make not a penny more for ten fifteen. Okay, as as long as all of my other expenses and costs remain the same, which I think mm-hmm. we would all agree that rent is not the only thing going up, right. True. So chances of me making less money on that property next year than I did in the previous are really good. Hmm. So 
Wow. All right. There's there's the first the first little entry into assessments, and we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to the, the headline section. But what have you been doing since last time, Adam? Yeah. Well, I mean, I got my assessment, too. Um, mine it went from 180, sorry, 289 up to 330. So I had like almost that 40, 50 thousand dollar jump. Well, that's going to be another 1200 bucks this year. For yeah, you. it bucks will. A month. You know, when I saw it, though, I guess I wasn't surprised, like knowing the state of what's going on with housing. And I know it's kind of tied into it, but it seemed like a lot. It seemed like the value of my place went up, which I guess I liked. I'm not going to like the tax bill, of course. Correct. That's going to mean my escrow is going to change and I'm going to be paying a different amount over time. But I mean, I guess I was left with the feeling that I guess I wasn't surprised. Uh, so uh, the assessment came in. It's also wrapping up our, our Madison College semester. So I said uh, goodbye to another class of students and wish them well in their endeavors. And it was a great thing. Is it's graduation great. super early? When is that? It's it's happening on our recording. We wrap up classes this week, but it's happening soon within weeks time. I pick up Evelyn. Evelyn, the freshman at the UW, gets out of the dorms next Wednesday. Uh-huh. Like school's out. Yep, school's <laughs> out for the summer. That's what Alice Cooper says. <laughs> uh, that's this, what's been going this on. Is where if we paid licensing fees, we would play <laughs> schools. That's as far as we can go. They're going to charge us. Don't say anymore. That's what's been going on since last time. Uh, let's talk about from the headlines. I know. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of hung up on it. But there was, our, there was our first takeaway. Yeah. One of the reasons rents are going up. Is, is taxes. because taxes, yeah. Uh, Liz Lauer, this is off the cuff, and I'm just going to use round numbers, but her assessment on a relatively large uh, apartment building on 2nd Street, so just around the corner, mm-hmm. but, a, but a big play, I think 27 units, um, she will need to absorb $400 per unit. Wow. So that means, that means just like my two-unit would... To get to make the same money would be a fifty dollars increase. She's got four hundred dollars per unit per year to deal with there, which is probably close to thirty six, thirty eight bucks a month. Wow! Before okay. before you start making more money or having the mm-hmm. opportunity to net the same amount. Um, but here, so so we've covered so far the increases in taxes will affect rents. Um, then we think about well, how are they set? Like how do we get those mm-hmm. numbers? Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in general. Your postcard there has an assessment area, Mm -hmm. and then it also talks about the type of home. So like in the case of uh, 1926, it said two-unit, and then the assessment area. And the assessment area, I think Meaning like your neighborhood? Right. Like the other homes that it will be compared to. Okay. So um, single-family homes will be compared to other single-family homes, two units to two units, Four units are in a three to seven unit range, like those that, but, and they will be compared to ones in their area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So homes that sell will then give them an idea of like, well, how much do we need to raise the percentage for all of those similar homes in similar areas? And generally speaking, when you purchase a home, that will trigger like a hard reset, like mm. like the house next door. I paid $400,000 for it. And the new assessed value is four hundred thousand. You remember we talked about buying for like four properties yeah. late, late twenty twenty one. The purchase price of the neighboring four unit four hundred thousand dollars was one hundred and twenty six thousand 
over the assessed value. That one was artificially low because it had not sold in such a long time and no one ever really looked at it. Okay. Right? So I purchased for 400 which was still below the appraised value. Yep. I did not pay too much for it, but I paid 126 more than the assessed value. But now here's, here's the rub. Rhonda and I purchased three other properties. Mm-hmm. Derelict properties. Homes that were purchased at market value for what they were, but significantly below any assessment. Right. I'm going to start... Janky homes, right? I'm going to start with the sheriff sale foreclosure on First Street. $150,000 for that one. Did that affect the assessed value? Does the fact that it's vacant, does the fact that I'm now having to put in forty-five to $50,000, did they think... No. They raised the assessment to two sixty. They did, even though I just paid one fifty. Oh. Second Street paid one ninety. Still vacant. Still getting worked on. Still sucking money from my pocket. Assessment up to two ninety five. Oh, wow! And for the drum roll, please. This is a, where the drum roll would be. <laughs> Talmadge a property that had been a scourge to the building inspection department that had required the city to uh, file lawsuits against the previous owner. Ugly house, problematic. Raccoon living in the porch. Yikes. Still vacant. Hasn't seen anything but a new roof from Carl because we're busy. Mm -hmm. Assessment goes up. To three seventy, we paid one hundred and sixty-two thousand dollars for it, and today it's worth not much more than that. Vacant with plaster falling down and no heat, and no running water, is assessed at more than two hundred thousand dollars more than we paid. Okay, so with this story, you're spelling out that these prices are way way higher than for what it actually sold. And there's some disconnect happening. What is the disconnect? Is that because is that like a bulk rule that 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 doesn't inform individual purchases? Is it, tell, this, is it, it a tells time me that someone thing? is not paying attention. Somebody's not paying attention. And here okay. we are, just being handed these numbers at 370 on Talmadge. It was simply raised the blanket percentage of the neighborhood. But that means that last year it was 335. And the year before that, it was probably two eighty nine. And yeah. the year before that, it was two fifty. And none of them were correct. That I asked myself: Would that woman who lost her house because of unpaid taxes, would she been able have been able to, to stay the there house. longer if, yeah. if the taxes she was required to pay were more in line with the actual value of her home? That's a that's an interesting question. I guess, where does it happen then? Is it the homeowner's responsibility to to challenge those things when they see something? It when is. they see a red flag? Is it, it is. The, should the city be taking a more active role in, in determining what actual value is? I think so. Yeah. If I'm going to ask, all those if I'm gonna ask you for $8,000 every year, <laughs> don't you want me to be really confident that's all you need to give me? I'd like some details and some evidence to know that, yeah. like, yeah, that's so what I, it is, yeah. I think I think the change needs to happen, and maybe and maybe with 
with rising prices that are not my fault and are not the fault of out of I heard out of state or well, out of state investors are buying all the houses. No, they're not. Why would an out of state investor buy a house in Madison? Thirty year money, right now five percent if you're lucky, right? But each one of those thousand dollars costs you five dollars and thirty seven cents a month. So if you borrow a hundred thousand. $537 a month. So we're going to use a 360, which is just below the average price of Madison, the new 378. Mm-hmm. 20% down, that's your 60K, which leaves you 300 to borrow, right? So 300, that's going to be $1,600 per month, just in principal and interest. So then, mill rate taxes, right? 360. 2.34% is our mill rate. Mm-hmm. That's $8,400 a year. Seven oh two a month. Okay. So just principal interest and taxes now, I'm at $2,100 a month. Okay. Now I've got to add a hundred, at least $100 a month for insurance. Yep. $1,200 for the year. That's that's low, but you might get it. If you've got, got some high risk, high deductible, you might get that, right? So there we are. 2400 My yes. property is breaking even at 2400 a month. So if I rented it to someone, that rent at 2400 would just cover PITI, right? Which is? Principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. Thank you. Okay. All right. But you would want to maybe collect enough money if something breaks. Right. Yeah. Right? So a kind of a market standard there is like 1% of the... Uh, the home's value each year. Oh, all right. I always right. figured two hundred dollars a month was, well, the, was, on a two, was the fix on a two hundred thousand yeah. dollar home. That's, that's a really right reasonable on. number. Okay, um, but anyway, so there we go. So that's going to be three sixty a month if I'm going to if I'm going to escrow for repairs. But then you know what else happened? I put down sixty thousand dollars. All right. Yeah. All right. So what's that money doing for me? I don't know. Because <laughs> right now, because right now the rent does all break even. There's no return on my investment. Mm-hmm. So this is a little heady, but we have to think about that because when you're when you're investing from out of state, this is what you do. You say, I, if I, I it's like I'm giving you that money to use, because really that's what I'm doing now is I'm subsidizing you as a renter mm-hmm. by letting you use my twenty percent down payment so that you can live there where it breaks even. But that's, that's not really the case. So what I would like to do is see a little return on that 60000 Why else would you invest it? Right. So let's say I'm not greedy, though, and I just want to make 5%. That's two fifty a month mm-hmm. on top. So now our total principal interest taxes and insurance, small escrow for maintenance, and a modest 5% return on our $60,000, we're at $3,000 per month. Yep, that's what I got, too. Okay. You show me an average house at three sixty that someone would pay you $3,000 a month for. To rent, yeah. That doesn't happen. Right. But then let's also think, so I talked earlier about the, this 1% rule. Mm-hmm. This is where that comes from, because here, mm-hmm. here at mm-hmm. about 3000 a month, we're approaching the thirty six hundred right. that you might get in a market where that one percent rule applied. 
Oh, all right. So I'm tracking with you here. And that's negating the myth that people are from out of state buying these places because right. they're not getting the return on it. There's no there's no <laughs> sense in it. There's the no. People, yeah. You know, you know who the problem is? You. <laughs> Me particular. I'm no, sorry. I, just mean, like, I didn't mean to do it. We. We. Gotcha. We are the problem. Who yeah. do we blame? The other. Who do we blame? The investor. Yeah. Well, here, here's not the investor. Like Ron and I, you want to blame us? Because we bought three properties at significantly below the assessed value last year. Mm-hmm. So your new assessment is not my fault. According, according to yeah. those three properties, should have lowered your assessed value if you lived adjacent or near one of those properties. So who do we blame? We have no one to blame but ourselves. But ourselves, right. It's very easy to be xenophobic and say it's coming from somewhere else. Like the problem is somewhere else out there. But I think as you just in detail showed. I hope, I hope that I would, if you didn't have a pen and paper, I apologize. But like, rewind, hey, you can rewind. <laughs> it's all there. That's why it's nobody's problem. It's nobody's fault but our own. It's not out-of-state investors. And it is also why your rent is what your rent is. Yeah. Well, I mean, that helps spell it. I mean, like, then the next question, it begs the question, what do we do? Well, we need to talk to our older people. Yeah. You know any? I, I happen to know some. Yes. <laughs> All <laughs> but right. But you talk to your own from your district. <laughs> Just, by the way, do not direct those to me personally. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe some of them are listening, or some of you would share them, share this with them, and let them know it is a real concern, and Madison is going to have to look at property tax yeah. reform um, because we are pricing people out of our, our neighborhoods, renters and owners alike. That's what's been going on since last time. Are we going to go into the highs and the lows? My grandpa gave me a wheat penny and a Let's talk about the highs and the lows okay. in, all, in all of God's beautiful Dane County, as well as Portage. Highs and lows <laughs> in Portage, 143 and 310. Okay. That, that's for Jared and Chris, our, our northernmost listeners. All right. All right. Lowest price, though. Again, we're, uh, again, we're west. Mesa 80, Wisconsin, three bedroom, one bath, 1,200 square feet, built in 1865. Wow. As Abraham Lincoln. Still up. standing. Is that, is that Abraham Lincoln? It's close. I, yeah. Is that Civil War time? We're at this about the, end of the, the tail end of the Civil War. I mean, it's before 1900, less, so it's less like guy. a long time ago. Uh, listed 100K, sells in three days for $93,000 cash, mm. a, a fixer in every way <laughs> one can be. Highest price, we're going we're gonna, to gonna do two of them, kind of, because one was just like, what they might call, what Allie might call, I don't know, the chemistry, a statistical outlier. Mm-hmm. That sounds very... That's, that's a very, statistician. You need a chemistry. I, you need to balance she, your chemical okay. equation or something. So an, an MIT-educated <laughs> statistician would call that a statistical outlier. Four million dollars. Uh, 1236 Fritz Road in Verona, a 5,000-square-foot home with... Uh, 118 acres of lawn. Wow. Uh, sells for 10K over the 3.99 list price in three days for cash. How long does it take you to mow 118 acres of lawn? I don't lawn? think it, I didn't, it, you didn't have to mow it because we all know Adam doesn't <laughs> like to mow. And it's no mow May. It's no mow May. Thank it's you. It's no mow May, Thank Adam. Thank you for mentioning it for me. <laughs> this, this month is for you and your people. 
Um, All right. That was a big okay. dog right there. Yeah. But here, perhaps, I thought I put perhaps more relatable. <laughs> maybe. Which, may, <laughs> I'll say maybe question mark on that. Perhaps more relatable. 2.13 million mm. on the water west in Shorewood. So 2.13 million, four bedrooms, three baths, 5,700 square feet at 3506 Lake Mendota Drive. Three stories of glass overlooking 50 feet of frontage on beautiful Lake Mendota. Those are the lows and the highs in Dane County and even going out to Portage as well. We welcome our guest in studio in just a moment here, Allie Berenyi. It's time for Ask Asher and the top of the hour tip. And then we'll be back with our newest feature, Dispatches from the Front. Hey there, Liz Lauer here from Lauer Realty Group. As the broker owner of a boutique real estate firm in business since 1998, our firm is a collective of dedicated agents who collaborate to stay ahead of the curve in information, tech and marketing savvy, and engage in our communities at large to better serve our clients in the broader Madison area. Our numbers reflect our dedication. With 16 agents in the collective, we sold 548 homes with an average sale price of 395000 all in 2021. We realize stats reflect the past, and we are ready to help your family achieve their goals in the future. Thanks for all you do. It's time for the top of the hour tip on the phone with us. Star real estate agent from the Lauer Realty Group, Asher Messino. Azure, are you staying cool? Not really. I'm very, very warm. And what, do you do you not have air conditioning at your house, Asher? I do have air conditioning at my house, but I am not at my house. I'm always out on showings or at appointments. My the air conditioning went out in my truck, and that oh, made, no. and that made me sad. But but uh, Severson's taking care of me tomorrow morning. Uh, one of the things that they will check for is to see that the coolant or like the the uh the freon if you will i don't know if that's what it's called anymore has leaked out but uh but tell us what what kind of a top of the hour tip might you have for us related to air conditioning uh that that even a homeowner could uh, could be in charge of yeah totally so Every season, you want to make sure that your air conditioning unit is clean. So you can take a hose and clean it off. You can look up a quick YouTube video about it. Um, you should also contact an HVAC person and have it serviced. You think, are you an annual servicer? I try to be. <laughs> okay, well, good for you. <laughs> I, I, I always get down to the basement and I say, now the inspector is going to tell you to service this unit every year. And chances are it might last longer if you do. Mm-hmm. But but have I ever done a cost-benefit analysis? So tell me, why am I hosing off the unit? Well, because you don't want any of the air to be obstructed. You want proper airflow. So we're, we don't want to obstruct the airflow, and it's and so we're talking about keeping the, 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 the fins, the thin metallic fins. We want air to be able to flow through there, so, so we're also going to trim the hedges. We're going to keep the bushes uh, away from the unit, and we're going to hose off and make sure that air can flow through those fins. And that's going to help it run more efficiently, or just in some cases, it's just going to help it work. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much, Asher. Have a good day. Thanks, Ben.
You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Medicine's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. His name is Ben Anton. Uh, our in-studio guest today is going to be Allie Berendi, uh, coming up in just a little bit. She's an instructor in construction remodeling at Madison College. But first, Ben dispatches from the front the stories of these homes, these aforementioned homes. Uh, what did you learn this last month? Turning this into an Instagram plug. Oh, okay. Because we, I, we have taken on a consultant. Oh, okay. Her name is Claire. All right. Hi, Claire. So, so check out Real Estate in the 608 on Instagram, and that's going to be like the visual updates from the front. Um, I gotcha. You're going to have a look at our hardwood floors on 2nd Street, some beautiful before and after pictures, carpeting that went in this, in this morning. Uh, and then a big out, a big shout out to uh, to Big Bill Anton. That's Dad, uh, right? That's Dad, Big Bill, yeah. uh, for his power washing expertise. That's that's <laughs> the the last post that went up. And oh my God, that Second Street is a shining gem after some after some simple hard work and scrubbing. Cleans up nice, huh? So uh, so check us out. Check check us out on Instagram. Uh, why don't we take a break and we'll welcome Allie in the studio in just a moment. On the phone with us, Allie Berenyi. Allie went to MIT and majored in chemistry. While she was good at it, it wasn't her passion. She felt the day-to-day life of being a chemist was very unappealing. When a friend went into construction, Berenyi was intrigued and talked her way onto a job uh, at a, on a building site where she was the only woman. Armed with a master's in education, she now teaches construction and remodeling and carpentry at Madison College. Hello, Allie. Hello there. So we know quite a bit about you, and we and we would imagine you have have also mastered the periodic table, but we do not <laughs> know if you are fun. Mm-hmm. There's only one way to find out. We got to ask some questions in a little game that we like to play. It's a get to know you okay. game, a quiz game, a Madison history and environs trivia game. We call the way it used to be. There used to be. There used to be. But smiling faces far as the eye could see Car in every driveway, swinging every tree People can't stop talking about the way things used to be Are you ready, Allie? I am ready for this Okay With a location on Williamson Street and then Monona Drive This video store went the way of Betamax Closing the doors of the 4120 Monona location on August 20th, 2011. Name that video store. Uh, that would be Bongo Video. Was that 2001? Bongo. Wow. 2011. But so there, one <laughs> bell. Real. One bell so far, sounding like we might have a chance at, at fun. Also known as Yakasugi and traditionally performed on Shugi wood, which is a Japanese cedar. This process involves charring the wood, cooling it, cleaning off any soot or burnt debris, and finally finishing the boards with an oil. Name this traditional Japanese wood preservation technique used to give rot-resistant cedar even more resilience when used as exterior cladding. I think it's Shosugiban. Shosugiban, I... correct. Right? Wow. Okay, well that was, I, I was a little worried because well it's on my house, <laughs> and I'm also not so good at saying it. In what year did Madison Area Technical College begin to refer to itself as Madison College? The name change Ooh. in part, the name change oh. in part to help end confusion with the other MATC, Milwaukee Area Technical College. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Uh, I think I can do this within three years. I want to say it was very early in my career at the college, and I want to say like 2008. 2010 is within our three-year margin. Let's turn it on. Oh. It was 2010? 2010. Hey there, Liz Lauer here from Lauer Realty Group. As the broker owner of a boutique real estate firm in business since 1998, our firm is a collective of dedicated agents who collaborate to stay ahead of the curve in information, tech and marketing savvy, and engage in our communities at large to better serve our clients in the broader Madison area. Our numbers reflect our dedication. With 16 agents in the collective, we sold 548 homes with an average sale price of $395,000, all in 2021. We realize stats reflect the past, and we are ready to help your family achieve their goals in the future. Thanks for all you do. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. On the phone with us with the market update, agent to the stars, Asher Messino, market update. What's your theme for today's market update, Asher? Well, the theme today is not to compare apples with oranges. If you are looking in one particular neighborhood and you have a really good sense of what the competition is like in that neighborhood, if you are going to switch to a vastly different neighborhood or if you're going to a different city, for that matter, you want to have a whole different strategy. You want to be prepared to, you know, maybe not give everything away if you're going to like a place that's maybe considered less desirable or maybe it's not as great of a condition Um, and vice versa. If you're sort of doing an upgrade, a nicer condition or maybe a more desirable area, you want to be ready to go. So the importance of understanding the playing field, and that's going to be something that you and your agent have have kind of helped uh, build your frame of reference over time and over shopping. But what what the what we're cautioning you is, is you're as if you're dialed in on on one neighborhood in the desirable near west uh, side, let's say right around violence. And and then you say, you know what, damn it, this is just ridiculous. I don't want to pay that much for a house. I'm going to look at Oregon. Well, you need to readjust yourself when you get there. Because one, 500K in Madison, well, that won't get you much in Vilas. Let's say 650, <laughs> 650 in Vilas for a nice little fixer-upper. Well, you should A, adjust your perceptions of what the product should look like. Absolutely. I mean, 650 in Oregon might come come with a couple ponies. Um, (laughs) But you also have to imagine what the playing field looks like and adjust for your competition. You do not want to, as I as I said to Asher earlier, you do not want to bring a gun to a knife fight. And 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 just the same, you don't want to bring a knife to a gunfight. You have to understand who you are competing with. And uh, and and that is even after you're deciding what kind of product should I be getting in this area for this price? Well, absolutely. And you should be working with a realtor who has your best interest in mind and ultimately is protecting you the whole time. That's what, that's one of the things that they should know. (laughs) They should. Yeah. And, uh, but at the same time, you're knowing it now, uh, will help you understand their logic when they say, pump the brakes, Asher. This is absolutely. This is not Vilas or Nakoma. Well, absolutely. We're, you, we're you in Oregon now. Ab- 
a buyer and their realtor should be strategizing together. It's kind of like being on a team. All right. I'm glad you're on my team, Asher. Oh, thanks, Ben. Have a good one. While we lived relatively near one another um, for many years, we had not met until recently, and it was it was Liz Lauer that introduced us after you had called her and asked um, asked us. You said, "Hey, do you have any old old beat up houses to look at? I want to have a, like I want to make a field trip." Tell us as someone is driving down Packers, or is it commercial? Or is it either you can drive down either and be on either side of the uh, of the Madison campus. Uh, Madison College uh, building. Well, tell us about all those things in the parking lot that like everyone's going to go, oh, that's what happens there. Our campus is located at the at the corner of Commercial and Packers. So we're, we're sort of across commercial from uh, Oscar Mayer. Um, and what our students do is they come in sometimes without even really any knowledge of how to use any tools and within the nine-month program uh, that they're attending, the construction and remodeling program, they build some sheds, so learning how to do framing and external finish. Um, and then they build, uh, a, a cohort of students will build a, a small house or a tiny house. Mm-hmm. I kind of hate the, ner- the term tiny because we can debate what that size is, but, but they build a small house, and that's, learning the framing, um, all the exterior finish, and all the interior finish, um, and all the steps along the way. Um, so that's what, what's going on over there. Um, and all of those buildings are, are for sale. Uh, so we sell the sheds, we sell the, the, the small homes, and um, eventually they leave the parking lot and by fall, we'll kind of have pretty close to a clean slate, and we'll start again. So the first field trip, um, your class visited our tax lien foreclosure on Talmadge, and then on Second Street. What was the, the goal there? What what were the kids? Look, the kids, they're all grown people like me, or many of them. You got to call them students. students. We call them students. We call yep. them students. Mm-hmm. France. They are from adults. France. Yes. What, what, uh, what, what were the takeaways from some of the students on, on that day? Right. So the, the purpose of the trip, the reason I reached out to Liz and uh, then ultimately to you was uh, those students were in our Illinois remodeling class. So the, the class's specific focus is remodeling and the ways it's different from new construction. And uh, throughout the class, they've been, they actually have been working on a remodel project on uh, Belt Street. Okay. What I wanted to do was this field trip because uh, we have a, some of the regular, we have some students who say, what I'm really doing here in this program is I'd like to invest in property, I'd like to improve it, and then either sell it or make them into rental properties. So flipping uh, is uh, what some of them express an interest in. And so we wanted to talk to somebody who had some experience. Um, I I came to learn that you don't do so much flipping as you do improving them and and holding. But um, I still think it's sort of valuable to have students talk to somebody who's, you know, 
finding these properties uh, and then kind of figuring out a plan for the improvements and, and kind of working through the numbers on all that because I think that's that's an area that is pretty mysterious if you've never done it. Yeah, and like. both and both of those homes would have been perfect candidates for a flipper. You know that mm-hmm. that was Absolutely. that was just one of the directions that someone could have gone with them. A lot of times, the property has to be in bad enough shape for someone to flip it. Like I say, there's not enough meat on the bone. But yeah, so the, so when there's not enough topside to fix it, yeah. and then like, well, what what am I going to get then? You know, like again, we talked about the importance of the return on the investment. Like if I'm going to spend this money, I need to see significant money in return. So it's got to be ugly. Yeah. Because otherwise you're going to pay too much for it. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Our guest today, Allie Berendi, instructor of construction remodeling at Madison College. Uh, Allie, thanks again for being here today. My name is Adam. His name is Ben. You had more field trips going on. We did. And the second one was like, I was kind of curious like how it was going to go. And then I found out. That I failed. You got an F? You get poorly graded. Well, I'm curious, like... <laughs> okay, let's back up, because she's not talking about my carpentry, which I would have gotten a solid <laughs> C-. minus. Uh, she did an energy audit uh, on 2nd yeah. Street, which okay. is which is like a pretty decent house that had been remodeled. Well, so- I'm, the, the thing is, is that we did the, the blower door test on it, and uh, the thing about a home of that vintage is... It's just going to be leaky because it's pretty hard to get at all the places that it leaks. Um, so I, I don't know what Operation Fresh Start did or what anybody else did along the way, but unless you really sort of peel open those walls and, and properly air seal it, it's probably going to be leaky. Yeah, one of, um, one of the things that I was surprised to find is like that there's actually a vapor barrier, you know. Uh-huh. But it's not sealed on the bottom. So what good is it doing? You? you know, like like there was a lot of things that when when I see plastic above the drywall, even or when I see um, even old tape around a ceiling fixture that tells mm-hmm. me someone did something before they insulated. I'm saying, well, okay, that's gonna maybe that'll be okay when Allie comes. No, not so much. <laughs> not so much. Well, but, I'll tell you what. What the big one of the big leakers there was around the chimney, and that's not wasn't completely surprising to me because really you're not supposed to have framing right right up to the chimney. You're not really supposed to have any insulation right up to the chimney. So generally, the chimney ends up being this big old leaky, you know, shaft to from bottom to the top of the house. Mm. Yeah, and and there it was so. Allie, I'm so curious. So you take you take students out into real world experiences like these because they're kind of teachable moments that you're not going to necessarily get in the classroom. And to be it's it's to be like in the space, right? Absolutely. Yeah. There's no way to really to um, explain finding air leaks um, without actually experiencing that. And we actually, we had set up the blower door in one of the houses that we built that are out on our lot. But the houses that we built, we air seal them like crazy. So they can't find any air leaks because there really yeah. aren't very many of them. <laughs> Let's go look at one of Ben's Which is houses. where Ben's crappy houses come into play, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, I wasn't going to say it that way. <laughs> this guy's going to get a C- minus in carpentry for sure. Oh, if you saw my trim carpentry for last week, Allie, oh my word. Hey, 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 hey. 
tell me something that might surprise me. Are there any surprise entrants in the building and remodeling program like that you wouldn't necessarily expect? I think we've had two doctors in the program, mm. and one of them was a hand surgeon, a retired hand surgeon. They were both retired. I'm trying to remember what the other doctor was. Uh, but the, the one was a retired hand surgeon, and he took the program for the express purpose of being more skilled when he went to volunteer uh, with Habitat for Humanity. You do some volunteering. It's true that we, we have. I haven't done that in a, in a few years now, but um, after Hurricane Katrina, so that was 2005, so it's been a while, um, but we, I went down first with a school group. So there was probably, geez, there was maybe 50 students. It was the spring of 2006 and pretty soon after Hurricane Katrina. We did a ton of just gutting out houses because as they were trying to sort out what, what the plan was when, I, were there over 100,000 homes destroyed? Something like that. It, yeah. was, it was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just sort of, the city was kind of saying, okay, you just got to get all your stuff out of that house, you know, and then you can, that'll give you some time to make your next, your next plan. So we did a lot of that. And then I get friendly with uh, a particular family in uh, East New Orleans. And we went back again and again and again. And, and eventually, uh, their house, uh, we went from, from gutting their, their house to doing a bunch of the rebuilding. We lifted it up a little bit, um, put some new footings underneath it, uh, did a bunch of framing, re, re-drywalled, um, put in the new kitchen, and, um, and they still live there. So, so, all, so all your first yeah. interactions and your first involvement was in the in the clean, almost part of the cleanup, and, and but that's necessary. If you know, like that house on Talmadge, we had to take a lot out before we could even see what the work to do was. Um, Absolutely, but that's a be, fantastic. But field that's trip. nice then to be able to see <laughs> to see one of the projects anyway to its end, and 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 the I don't know if you want to get all emotional, like the 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 gift of being able to stay there. Yeah. Absolutely. It was an older woman uh, was the sort of matriarch of the family. The the father had, he hadn't died in Katrina, but he died shortly thereafter. um, And never, so never was back in that house after, after Katrina. Taking families, every possession that a family has and just throwing it on the curb because it's completely ruined. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, and it was really, the, the family was, they were super gracious with their, their time and hospitality. They, they kept cooking us just the best food. Um, so that was wonderful. And they were really appreciative of, a willingness to just keep coming back and keep plugging away at their at their house, and uh, it was nice to nice to. I, I visited them a couple of years back, and it was just really nice to just hang out at this house that we had worked on and drink um, drive through daiquiris and eat uh, hot dish <laughs> and all this. It was, it was fantastic. Oh, you ain't going nowhere. You belong right here. 
You're listening to Real Estate in 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam. Uh, his name is Ben. Our guest on the line is Ali Berenyi, an instructor in construction and modeling with Madison College. Um, Allie, the story you just told about taking students down and helping out and using your trade to do those things, that maybe gets close to some of the, the why. Uh, you have a degree in chemistry from MIT, yet you're, you're teaching now and working construction. Why? Wow. Well, so the chemistry thing wasn't really for me. And I think one of the things I wish that I understood better then, and, and maybe this is like a message to 18-year-olds starting college, is that studying something in school is not the same thing as being that person, being that in a career. And the being that in a career in chemistry was just not a very good fit for me. It was uh, honestly, I found it a little boring. Uh, I was sort of doomed to real averageness, and I don't think that's a place to be. A chemist is a really average chemist, so so it wasn't a good fit. I didn't enjoy it. Carpentry feels so tangible. Everybody gets what a carpenter does. Mm-hmm. Nobody nobody looks at you like, oh my god please don't talk anymore about your job. <laughs> they're mostly, they're mostly like, oh, can I ask you whatever? I kind of like that. Definitely not all the time, but mostly I, I appreciate that people, people ask me questions that, about things that are important to them. Housing is such a fundamental right and yeah. a necessity. And for me, I was, just wanted to, it just felt very, like I could wrap my brain around, this is how I was going to contribute in the world. And so that's what I, and, and then the teaching opportunity came up, and I can't say that I was scheming my life to end up teaching carpentry. It sort of just came up, and somebody said, hey, this position is coming open. The last person who had it was did it for 27 years, so, you know, not too many positions come open. I threw my, threw my hat in the ring, and I, I was cho- chosen for that position. I was the only person in, on the staff at the time, and we've grown uh, since then. I was the only full-time faculty. Now there's four of us, so we've grown quite a bit in how much we offer. And now it's just it's so great to – we have students across every uh, – across the spectrum of ages, uh nationalities, uh, people, first-generation students, mm-hmm. college students, just sort of really a broad spectrum. We have more women probably than any other construction program, I would, I would guess, in the country in terms of students. Uh, we just we had, we had eight women in the program this, this year um, out of 32 in a, in, a, in a daytime cohort, so quite a few women in the cohort. And... Um, it's, it is life-changing for these students. When they finish and they go and get a job, a, a student just went and got a job, he's getting paid $24 an hour out of our program. That's life-changing. Satisfying, you know, yeah. It's a decent wage. He, he said he went from a $16 an hour job to this. Yeah. And just and is it's, that someone who's completed just the nine-month program, or is that is that yeah. something more? No, he's just on this program, and he's an excellent student, and he's, he did a great job advocating for himself. 
that's the highest I've heard of somebody leaving our program and getting paid to see people who you really weren't necessarily even sure that this is where they wanted to be. This is something they wanted to study, but now they're like they're jazzed for it and they've got jobs because I don't know if you've seen the job market for, for people who have carpentry skills, but it's out of control right now. Yeah. So if you want a job, there's one to be had. Um, I don't know. It's pretty awesome. Well, it is. Not only is there, not only did you have an opportunity there, and I I realized it was a while ago, but uh, to take to take a group and to and for your students to give back, but then you're able to give to them, and then they are able to give to others. It's. I mean, it. It really. I can see how that might be better than chemistry. That's a good summation of teaching, right there. Like I, I couldn't have described it any better. That that satisfaction feeling of sharing knowledge and having them be successful with what they're doing. Right. That's wonderful. Right. We mentioned your first construction job, you were you were the only woman on the job site, and now your class uh, is about a quarter uh, women. Tell us about that, that change. It, it's certainly been, no, it hasn't happened all at once, and it's been growth little by little. And, and the same is true for the number of people of color in our program, the number of um, English uh, second language speakers in our program. And partly, I think the reason that it's happened is because we have two women instructors. We have mm-hmm. two black men who are instructors. We have uh, our our lab assistant who's always around and, and helps out with the students is uh, a, a Mexican-American man. And when people see themselves, it makes a difference. That's absolutely difference. right. Yeah. I think you're right on the money uh, there. Absolutely. And, and what we hear when, when um, the students go to, to jobs and, and when they have jobs where they're not the only whatever, the only woman, they're not the only, only black man, mm-hmm. those are much better jobs. I mean, it is a drag to be the only person of whatever, the, the only representing all, you know, what for me, it was representing all women everywhere all the time. It's just like, it's so exhausting. Who wants to do that all the time? Yeah. yeah I want to just have some bad days. I want to like, <laughs> oh, I just miscut that three times. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the opportunity that I really love about being a part of Madison College is it does provide that opportunity. And um, people can see themselves belonging there. And that's an important um, part of it. And I think you're probably part of that too, Allie. So thank you for that. Yeah, it's what we really we really try to go out in the community and and talk to people sort of anywhere they'll have us, uh, and and really speak about what these opportunities are because because if you could make twenty four dollars an hour after nine months in a program, that's gonna that's gonna just fundamentally shift your life. It can shift life, right? Yeah, it's life changing. Yeah. I agree. Uh, we spent a lot of we spent a lot of the beginning of the program, Ellie, before you joined us on the phone, talking about assessed values and taxation, um, and uh, I, a lot of it was just like real world examples. I talked about this apartment building and how much <laughs> I would have to raise the rent there if I wanted to mm-hmm. make, if I if I wanted to make only the same amount of money I did last year, um, and 
And the other side of that, you know, but not everyone who listens is a landlord and not everyone who listens is a, is a renter. So um, real world example, Ali Berenyi, Neary side resident, um, you've owned your house for about 20 years. Is that about right? That's right. In which time the value has doubled. So mm-hmm. good for you there. Um, how long until taxes would start to affect your idea of the affordability of your own home? So ours went up fifty thousand, uh, fifty thousand dollars, the assessed value. Uh, and while that was an eye popping number, I do believe there was a house down the street from us that sold for over six hundred thousand last summer. So I guess that was inevitable. Uh, you know, I. I guess the thing about it right now, as I as we live in our home, the assessed value doesn't really it clearly doesn't benefit us. We just pay higher taxes for now, and the benefit will be down the road when we sell the place. Of course, I, I don't see us doing that anytime soon. But I know that one thing we are talking about, uh, my partner and I, is is sort of trying to figure out the uh, a way to make some rental income at our place. Yeah, accessory dwelling. Currently, though, <laughs> a single family, we do we do short term rental. We do Airbnb, and that's that's also been ridiculously popular because the city is extremely strict about who's allowed to do Airbnb. Mm-hmm. So that's that's certainly a, a good way to to bring in some extra cash, uh, but. It's sort of the the work of doing the Airbnb is probably not something I'm interested in doing uh, into perpetuity. So at that point, I would probably we're, we're probably thinking that we'd like to have the upstairs be a separate apartment and live in the downstairs, maybe expand the downstairs a little bit. Yeah. And then, of course, every time I walk by one of our tiny houses uh, over here uh, in our in our uh, Commercial Avenue campus. I'm like, wow, that thing would be so sweet in our backyard. <laughs> I'm seeing a sauna in part of it. I'm also seeing a little office back there and just generally hanging out kind of space. Yeah. So Well, if you want to talk the mind about is always that mind is always processing. If the, you want to talk chemistry. about the next phase of your career, like chemistry to teaching carpentry. I've got I've got this ADU idea in no time. So, <laughs> so I hear oh, right I on. hear you. I've got the draw. I've got some drawings already underway at my guy at Stoughton Lumber that does those things. And uh, oh right, but well, I, so it's 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 great though. Like someone like you is it's on your radar. The taxes are going to get cost prohibit. It's going to be cost prohibitive. But here, and and you saw Talmadge. Remember that house on Talmadge. Yeah, I think they're wrecked, yeah. Yeah, assessed higher than your home. So, oh, my God, no way. <laughs> so, so, I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> I, so, so, like, we've talked, we talked about taxes from all different angles, including how it's almost disrespectful in some ways that, that the values are allowed to get so out of line. Mm. So, like, how should yeah. I feel good about paying this bill when I know that there was little attention paid to the mechanisms behind determining the amount. 
I think Ali brings right. up a, a good suggestion here. It's like people will maybe the need will be there to start exploring other ways that you can make your land profitable or what you have there. It's challenging for people who are not familiar with that world at all uh, that they're like, nope, I just want to live in my house and that's all I want to do. And that's, you know, that's always the, the the flag, especially when it comes to like people on fixed incomes and and how they're they're coping with it. But I, I you know, I wonder if it lends to the idea that people will start getting more and more creative as to how they rent or add tiny homes to their house that are sitting at the corner of uh, commercial and Packers right now. <laughs> when I when I bought that big, big, ugly house on Jackson Street, the one with the, you might know it, Allie, it's the one with the metal on the side now. Um, and oh, I, sure, sure, I sure. sold it last year, but well, I took down a panel and I found a lo- like a like a menu st- just still taped to the wall behind and it was someone who lived there took in laundry. And it was the prices. Oh, no kidding. It was the prices. So so I'm glad you're not having to take in laundry, but that you also have the resources and the ideas and the skill sets then to maybe do what, maybe make some changes to your home. The two unit thing, I don't think the city's going to let you do that because they'll want you no. to have like sprinklers and nonsense. It's ridiculous. But, but no, the, access, that's true. the accessory dwelling unit might be a real good idea. And, and we'll get, we're going to have to talk in the driveway about this some other time. But we're going to take a quick break for Phil's phone in, and then we'll be back with uh, just some one last thing and some parting thoughts with Alan. Time for Phil's phone in. Phil Plort is my business partner in Deacon Housing, president of Madison's Blimling and Associates, a dairy commodities consulting firm, a division of dairy.com, and host of the brand new podcast, The Dairy Download. Keeping an eye on the faraway and diverse markets is what he does. Seeing how it might affect real estate here in Madison is what he does for fun. Here he is with a look beyond the 608. Hey, Ben, it's Phil with a view from beyond the 608. Price matters, always. It's one of my mantras when I look at commodity markets, macroeconomic indicators, and yes, housing. High prices discourage demand and encourage supply. Low prices discourage supply and encourage demand. It's day two economics 101 stuff. But often, we're tempted to come up with reasons why things are different in this circumstance this time. In my experience, that's rarely true. Take a look at what's happening with gasoline recently. When prices started to go up sharply a couple of months ago, some of my colleagues opined that it might not matter in 2022 because so many people are working from home. Maybe, but the data says we are seeing some demand erosion. Over the past eight to 10 weeks, prices are up by about a dollar per gallon. What's happening to demand? It's been down year over year for seven straight weeks. That's after spending a whole year up by double digit percentages. You might be thinking, eh, it doesn't look as though everyone's just parked their cars. And you're right. When it comes to price impact on demand, we tend to look for a major crack up. Instead, the change happens on the margins. I've seen articles suggesting that, for example, some people are not driving as far to go out to eat. I'm also guessing that we're seeing a few more folks share rides to work these days. To quote the great poet T.S. Eliot in The Hollow Men, this is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but with a whimper. That's all for now. Until the next time, this is Phil with a view from beyond the 608.
You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. Ben Anton is my partner in crime. Well, we don't really do any crime. We just this talk. should be illegal. Sh- we have had Allie Berenyi in uh, on the line today. Uh, Allie's an instructor at Madison College in construction and remodeling. Is there a course or a short course or like a specific? Are there specific options for like someone who's interested in just this thing? In, in just framing or duck building, like a, like someone who's not necessarily after a job, but maybe like that doctor who wants to learn more about something, is, is the program all or nothing, or are there components that one might take and, and be able to, to, be, to be smarter at living in a home, like as we say in our positioning statement, for someone who just wants to be better at living in a home? Right. Well, there's a few, there's a few options. We do have a, a several sort of points of entry into just for people who maybe they don't know if this is what they want to do. So we have, we have some, a continuing education class that's just called like using power tools to build stuff for somebody who's never used power tools. Well, you build a couple of small projects. It's like a little work, like a, not a, what do you call that? Step stool thing. And, uh, build, you frame a, a small wall and put some drywall on it. Um, and just, you know, dip your toe in. No commitment. Um, and oh. some people have, have ended up in the program out of that. Oh, I love uh, the exactness of the title of that class. <laughs> How to use power <laughs> tools to build stuff. <laughs> that totally says it right there. How to use yep. power tools safely. To yeah, there you stuff. go. <laughs> because I, I get like a C minus in that sometimes too. Um, right. the, and then some of the other classes are not, they're, they're a little less, um, a la carte, if you will. Mm-hmm. There's a there's sort of a progression. So, so I, we don't typically allow someone to take our our interior finishes class without having done the framing and the exterior finishes because mm-hmm. we see a, a sort of progression in the skill set there. Um, so those are a little they're more sequential. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then we have a we have a, a number of I don't know if you'd call them more theory classes and those uh, people can take out of sequence and sort of in a a la carte way. So my building science class, there's a gentleman in there right now. He's just interested in building science. He, he's just nerding out with us. Uh, he doesn't want to be a builder. Uh, so there's a, an estimating class. There's a couple estimating classes actually where somebody who wants to. Uh, get more into contracting, like that would be a great class to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that you're better at the estimating piece of it because that's where the money is made. And then when there's a building codes class, that's, that's available to anybody. So, so some of the theory classes, uh, theory seems a little, a little uh, hoity-toity for what we're talking about here, but <laughs> some of the theory classes are, are definitely uh, a la carte available. Some of more of the hands-on we want students to go through a sequence. All right. Well, we thank you very much, Allie, for your time with us and uh, and hope that everyone else will. Now that at least when we drive down uh, Packers, everyone will go, oh, that's, that's what it the is. not very tiny house that teaches. No, it's sort of small. small. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of just a small house. All right. Well, thank you again, Allie, and you have a great day. Thanks very much for having me. Hey, man, we're getting back to stay. With my baby down by the San Francisco Bay. 
You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam. His name is Ben. Ben, one question for you. What was that? That was our very first MIT-educated chemist talking about building and remodeling. I don't know if we could even duplicate that. Ali seems such like a unique <laughs> character and a unique path that they're on. We didn't, we didn't ask about the statistical outlier, oh, if right. there is a chemistry version of that. I don't know. Uh, I love the way that she describes her work and her approach to it, almost like it's social justice. Well, like She like chose the- a career of social justice to teach people to do the things that she wanted to do. Yeah, and uh, it's it's the same it's the same kind of joy that i get in like yeah uh, like sharing of information and then seeing the knowledge applied and then seeing the benefits of the of that knowledge and understanding that's great stuff and i mean based on the demographic she's saying from her class it's paying off that and more far people more diverse, are being exposed to it diverse yeah. groups and, cla- and and really a, a, a you know a talk Evelyn is at the UW, and that's a mm-hmm. great place for Evelyn to be and sh- that whatever. But th- the barriers for entry mm-hmm. are very know, high. I mean, not only do you have to have all the... I'm guessing that your GPA in high school might not be a burden, um, like that, that that that's less of an issue or maybe, you know, that can you do this? Can mm-hmm. you do this well? You could likely uh, graduate from a program and go into a decent paying job. With, yeah. And it... If they're starting at 24 and you're decent, I guarantee you're going to start making more money. Yeah. But I mean, that's again, it's not to toot Madison College's horn, but that's the magic of it. It's it's accessible. It brings people from different lifestyles. Like she even said, you know, not a traditional student who has just gotten out of high school, but the doctor who's decided to come back to learn more. That's what Madison College does. And it blends all of the different um, populations to get, you know, Whoever needs access to that, uh, that's what it's there for. And it's there for you. And in, and we also learned that they are there for us uh, or, you know, that they were able to, mm-hmm. to be of assistance and, and to and to give back in other ways, too, mm-hmm. when when they made their trips down south and to uh, to post Hurricane Cretina, uh, New Orleans. Yeah. Amazing story. Well, that was uh, that was lovely. Um I'm going to plug, I'm plugging right now the Instagram again. Oh, yeah. All right. The newly acquired Instagram consultant would appreciate the repetition and okay. frequency with do which you, we comment. Do you know our handle on Insta? Real Estate in the 608. Instagram at Real Estate in the 608. And it's you like can the track. whole word. The, people can also find out about us from the newsletter. You know, and I've, I'm going to put a link to the Instagram on there, too. Okay. Just to, for con- continuity. Sake. All right. But yes, the newsletter is the 22nd, 22nd read, a podcast for your eyes. Uh, like it. Uh, one more thanks going out to Allie Berenyi from Madison College uh, and her skill and some time that she shared with us today. That was wonderful. Thank you, Allie. Um, thank you. Uh, we should note the musicians you've been hearing today. We should. We should say thank you to Renclaw, El Donk, the Oak Street Ramblers. Yeah, Bob Westfall, Seesaw, the Mad City Jug Band, and of course, a big thank you to you who has joined us uh, listening to today's podcast. We appreciate it. We certainly do. And thank you, Ben. Bye-bye, Adam. Thank you for listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast for homeowners, home buyers, landlords, tenants, people who just want to be better at living in a home. If you can't get enough Real Estate in the 608 between episodes, like us on Facebook at In the 608 or visit inthe608.com for archived episodes and show notes. Remember, until you tell us, 
we don't know. We appreciate your listening, as well as your ratings and reviews at your favorite podcast portal. We also welcome feedback and topic suggestions via email to ben at benanton.com. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. Come on, baby, won't you keep me safer than that high score on that pinball game? You're always playing at your favorite arcade. And we could be taking names. And we could be Come on, baby, won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours that you're buying at those wasted hours? And come on, baby, won't you talk me sweet? Instead, I'm staring at this empty seat because you got someone else you'd rather me And we could be. Waiting.